The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. An amazing and incredible story, personal story, that happened to me a bunch of years ago. It's got a bunch of moving parts, so pay attention because it all comes together in the most phenomenal and remarkable way. So there was a fellow in our community that was unfortunately quite ill, and his family asked me if I could, young man actually, and asked me if I can go and visit him at St. Peter's University Hospital. Now, I don't usually go to that hospital. There's a different hospital nearby where most of the people that I visit usually are. But okay, the fellow was there. I'm going to go there. Now, let me just share something personal. In most hospitals, if you're a rabbi, if you're clergy, you don't play parking. I know the other hospital, whenever I go there, I give them my parking ticket. They validate it, and I don't have to pay parking. In St. Peter's Hospital, I'd never done that before. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to try to find a place to park and then I'll get my ticket validated. But when I pulled into the parking lot, I stopped the attendant and I said, I just want to clarify something. Do you guys validate parking for clergy? And he says to me, what's your name? I said, my name is Rabbi Landau. He said, let me check the list. And he looks at the list. I'm not on the list. He goes, if you're not on this list, you pay parking like every other person. I'm like, list? What list? How do I get onto a list? And he says, listen, you have to go as a Catholic hospital you have to go to the rectory on the top floor where the nuns are, and if they approve that you're a true clergy, a genuine clergy, they can put your name on the list. And if they put your name on the list, you won't have to pay parking. Okay, I said, I made a mental note. I'll visit the patient, and I'll go to the rectory, and then I'll get myself on the list. And if I get myself on the list, I'll never have to pay parking there. Okay. I go and I visit this patient, and then I take the elevator all the way to the top floor, and I come into the rectory, and there's a nun sitting behind the desk. She's got one of those long, uh, I'm not sure what they're called, techels. And she looks at me, and she goes, how can I help you? I said, hi, I'm Rabbi Landau. She goes, where are you from, and who do you work for? I said, I just wanted to get my name on the list. And she goes, oh, it would be my pleasure. You work in the neighborhood. You come to visit people. Let me put you on the list. By the way, she says, Rabbi, maybe it's providential that you're here today. I'm like, why is it providential? She goes, our Jewish chaplain just quit two weeks ago. And we have many names on the list of Jewish patients that have asked for a chaplain. Can you go visit them? I said, listen, I visited one fellow, and I really don't have much time. I certainly can't visit all of them. But you know what? I'll visit one of them. Who would you like me to visit? And she scans the list, and she goes, oh, I got it. Rose. You should visit Rose. I'm like, who's Rose? She goes, Rose volunteered in this hospital for many, many, many years. And now she's a very old woman, and she's in the hospital, and she's been asking for a rabbi for three consecutive days. We haven't been able to sell, send her anyone. Would you be able to go visit her? I feel like we owe it to her and it would mean so much to her. I said, yes, but I, on one condition, I need you to get me an attendant that can take me there quickly. I don't want to have to find my way through the labyrinth of the halls of the hospital. She goes, no problem. And very soon after, thereafter, an aide came and took me to, the, to this woman's room. And I come into the room. It's, there's two patients in the room, and she's the far patient. and She's behind the curtain, and I call out Rose, and she goes, who's there? I said, can I, can I come in? I'm Rabbi Landau. She goes, Rabbi, what took you so long? Three days I'm asking for you. I said, I'm sorry, Rose. I, I just came here today. I, I didn't know I'm not the chaplain. She goes, okay. So, Rose, how are you? What's doing? She goes, I'm okay. I'm 95 years old, and I broke my hip three days ago, and I desperately need hip replacement. She says, the problem is I'm old, so I keep getting to the bottom of the list in the operating theater. And the surgery that I so desperately need I keep getting pushed to the end of the list, so I'm just not having the surgery that I need. 
And more than that, she says, Rabbi, do you know that I haven't eaten anything in three days? She says, if this hip ain't going to kill me, starvation will. I'm like, why haven't you eaten? She says, because they always want to have me prepped in case I have to go into the hospital. You know, I'll eat before you have a surgery. So, so they're prepping me, and, and maybe I'll go and maybe I won't. But, and I went out into the hall to try to find a doctor, someone that I recognize who I did, and I try to find someone, whatever, if we can maybe possibly do something for Rose. Okay. Um, while I'm talking to Rose, all of a sudden, a doctor comes in. And it's a doctor who I recognize. I teach his son in high school. And he kind of looks at me, doesn't even say hello, and he comes over to me and says to Rose, she goes, yes. He goes, my name is Dr. So-and-so, and I'm a cardiologist. And I'm here to clear you for surgery. You're open. There's an operating theater that's open. They'd like to take you right into surgery, but I have to make sure that your heart is strong enough. So is it okay if I examine you? He examines her, and he says, Rose, you have the heart of a 20-year-old. I'm clearing you. No problem. You could go into surgery. She looks at me. She goes, Rabbi, I'm going into surgery. I said, that's amazing news. Rose, would you like to say some prayers together? And she says, of course. And we said some Tehillim, and I said a Mishaberach for her. And I sat by her bedside just for a few minutes, and she was very pensive. And she looks at me, and she says to me, listen, Rabbi, I'm in God's hands. But God's been kind to me. I have children, and I have grandchildren. I even have great-grandchildren. And um, I'm at peace. Rabbi, you can go. God willing, the surgery will, will go well. I really appreciate you coming here and you praying here. God bless you. And I left, and that was the end of the story, or so I thought. About two days later, I'm at school, and I'm walking down the front steps of the school. And a woman stops me and says, Hi, Rabbi Lando. And I'm like, Oh, hi. It was the wife of the cardiologist, the mother of my student. And she says, So sad, Rabbi, right? What are you talking about? What's so sad? She goes, oh, Rose, that woman, she passed away in surgery. I'm like, what? She says, my husband said you were there, and he apologizes profusely. He was so busy, he was under so much pressure, but he cleared her for surgery. Later we heard that, sadly, she passed away in surgery. I said, I'm so sorry to hear that. Well, thank you for sharing. We should only share good news with one another. But the story is not over yet. Because you see, that evening, I go to David Mincha, the afternoon services in the Young Israel of East Brunswick. And I come in there a little bit early, as I like to do. And there's three men sitting at a table. And one of them, I think, has his shirt torn. He's a mourner, the sign of mourning. And I went over to them and I said, oh, I don't recognize you guys, but I noticed clearly that you must be in mourning. My condolences. And one of the fellows says, yeah, my mom passed away. It was an elderly fellow. And my, she was she was quite old and... She's 95 years old, and she, she just didn't make it. And she died in surgery. And I'm like, Rose? And the guy takes a step back. He goes, how do you know? Yeah, Rose. I said, Rose? He says, he starts crying, and he goes, we feel so terrible. We got a call from the hospital that our mom was going into surgery, and we went rushing over to the hospital. By the time we got there, she was already taken into surgery. And we never had a chance to say goodbye to her. She must have been so flustered. She nobody around her, and she's going in for this major surgery. We feel so bad. We were by her bedside for literally the last three days, and we just took a small break. And then she goes, and then she disappears, and we're never going to see her again. This is so terrible, and he's crying. He says, we feel so guilty. We should have been there for her. No one should have left her. At least she could have gone into surgery you know, peacefully with her children around her. I said, gentlemen, your mother went into surgery very much at peace. How do you know, they said to me. And I shared with them the story. And I shared her parting words, and she said, Rabbi Landau, you can go. I'm at peace. God has been really kind to me. He's given me children and grandchildren and even great-grandchildren. 
You have nothing to worry about, no guilt going forward. Your mother was okay. And I know that because I was the last person that spoke to her before she went into surgery. The fellow began a new bout of fresh tears, but this way, these were tears of relief. He could finally live with himself. And then we began Mecha, the afternoon services. And we talked to the director, the one that had arranged that I should go to the rectory to get a free parking pass and visit the one patient that the hospital knew and that I should come there while the cardiologist was there. The cardiologist should come while I was there so that I could find out later that she passed away so that I could hear her final words that she was at peace with herself so I could share it with her children who could live down the fact that they weren't there at their mother's bedside and that she was okay. What are the chances of such a story happening? One in a million, one in a hundred million? But when there's a director, there's a master choreographer, he puts everyone exactly where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be, and he makes sure that the world is an incredible place. And I was very fortunate to be a little tiny cog in a massive enterprise by the director himself. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.